0: and we'll have expert insights from our guest star interviews. Nothing is off the agenda on the Hopcast Book Show from hobet Books, as we combine trad values and an indie spirit.
1: Hello! Hello
0: and welcome to... The Hobcast Book Show, episode number 131. My name is Adrian Hobart.
1: My name is Michael Caine. No, Rebecca Collins.
0: It is indeed Michael Caine. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the show. And together, Rebecca and I run Hobeck Books, UK independent publishers of the following four genres
1: suspense, mysteries, thrillers,
0: and crime. And we have been celebrating all things crime by visiting the Harrogate, Theakston's Old Peculiar Crime Writing Festival. and uh, We did. Yeah, our third visit, three in a row now. Yes. The Glindborn of Crime, as it has, well, I've called it that.
1: What does that mean?
0: Glyndebourne is the opera festival that's held every summer.
1: Never heard of it. In
0: Sussex. <laughs> and it's sort of where people have picnics in the gardens. It's a country house, which is a, an opera f- theatre there, and they only throw... You know, their main thing is the summer festival. And so it was a big thing in my patch of uh, BBC where I never went myself, but everyone, you know, used to go with Dickie Bowes and, and have picnics and, and all that sort of thing.
1: Well, I never. never heard of it.
0: The Wimbledon of crime. You see the sort of floral summer setting.
1: Oh, the crime of Wimbledon. Sounds better.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, so we've been to Harrogate and... Um, we spoke to our guest this week there, and that's Liz Mystery, and it was a wonderful interview. Liz is a Bradford-based writer; she's Scottish. She's at... Doctor
1: Liz Mystery now, isn't she? Oh, she, she is
0: Doctor Liz Mystery, correct. And it, it it was great interview. She's written a lot of crime series, she two, and she's got a third one on the way. She tells us exclusively <laughs> in this interview that we conducted at the Old Swan Hotel, the home of the Harrogate Crime Festival. And uh, while we were there, of course, the big names were were rolling along and uh, we had this weird moment, didn't we, where we were walking, going for dinner in Harrogate. Oh, yeah, on the first night. we, We walked past the very familiar figure of Val McDermid, but also the... Also, very familiar figure of Nicola Sturgeon, former First Minister of Scotland. The two of them walking together. <laughs> just, and... just
1: walked past us. And... Yeah,
0: and you got a half smile, didn't you, for did. Nicola Sturgeon. It
1: was, the way I described it is, you know when you walk past someone and they look at you as if they, they're thinking, oh, I've met you somewhere. Was it Zumba? You know, that sort of look of recognition. And so I did the same back.
0: Maybe that's a politician's trick, but anyway... <laughs> They, they didn't have look like a bad Crankies um, tribute act walking along there.
1: And Nicola Sturgeon's tiny. I didn't realise yeah. she was that tiny.
0: Yeah, she is. She is a yeah, fearsome, fearsome, uh, diminutive figure. But, um, yeah, uh, it was, uh, again, I mean, it was Harrogate. It was as you expect. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of drinking going on in the tents. I mean, we didn't spend as much time at the festival, nearly as much as we have done in the past, actually, within the grounds. Because frankly we just got we get exhausted and the the tent itself most years has been well the previous two years has been open this time the flaps were down yeah it felt and it it was the noise was was overwhelming wasn't it
1: the acoustics yes i I did struggle with the acoustics inside the tent i couldn't hear anything anyone was saying to me (laughs) so it was difficult yeah um
0: it was difficult um, in in certain aspects, but we met some new people, and Liz is one of them. So uh, we'll talk to Liz Mystery in the program a little bit later. And you, you know, look forward to that interview. It's it's terrific. It's a lot of really interesting stuff uh, we cover there. Now um, we will get into the news, and we'll start with a couple of Harrogate related stories.
1: Oh yes, yeah, so there was a guy walking around Harrogate, wasn't he? And he was I wouldn't have recognised him last year. But he was instantly recognisable to me because I'd seen him in the bookseller.
0: And that is T.M. Logan. It is.
1: And he's he's very dapper, isn't he? Oh,
0: he is, yeah. He's a good-looking man. <laughs> and, well, it's Tim uh, is his, his first name. And uh, T.M. Logan has just signed. This is the reason we mention this. We don't usually do so-and-so has just signed.
1: Oh, it's scooped so, and all that scooped stuff. Scooped
0: and swooped and whatever. <laughs> But what made this stand out is that uh, Tim Logan, who is a crime author, has just signed a new three-book deal with his current publisher. Yeah, so uh, Under the Bonnier uh, umbrella, Zafra is the imprint. Zafra, that's right, Right.
1: yeah.
0: And he signed it for seven figures. Now, everyone was scratching their heads as to what seven figures means. That means over a million pounds. I
1: know. I I actually sat down and I was counting the zeros. (laughs) Sign
0: a new three-book deal for over a million pounds, and this is just for the UK and Commonwealth Rights of his next three books.
1: I and mean, that's fantastic, isn't it? And we spoke to a um, um, good friend of the Hobcast, Donna, and Donna was saying how it couldn't happen to a more lovely guy.
0: He was a lovely guy. When that, we almost got an interview with him, actually, but I, I had a little chat with him. He was just getting his lunch <laughs> and congratulated him, and he was very approachable and very, very nice yeah. and, uh, you know, one of the good guys. So congratulations to Tim. And I'm Sorry uh, we
1: didn't get to talk to you. Yeah, I mean,
0: only six years ago, he was the head of communications at Nottingham University or deputy head, I think. Uh, He'd been a journalist in the past, a a Fleet Street journalist. So um, it's a fantastic achievement. And, uh, you know, it's why we mention it is because it's so unusual for an advance of that scale within the crime market.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, it it made the headlines in the bookseller because of that, because it was just like, wow.
0: Where did that come from? Yeah. Right. Well, congratulations to him. Um, Now, also congratulations to Mike Craven, M.W. Craven, who won the... Thigston's crime book of the year, uh, the, the 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 big prize at at Harrogate, and um, it was very interesting because we have a dotted line interest in the book that won it, the <laughs> botanist
1: a dotted line interest.
0: So uh, it's partly congratulations to Brian Price as well, well our very own Hobeck author.
1: Interestingly, Mw um, uh, Craven cites Brian as the person who kept him out of prison. That's right. <laughs>
0: So this is a, this turned up in the Daily Express, and uh, M. W. Craven, after winning, admitted that he'd given away in the original manuscript the formula for a particular type of of poison. I think it was. Wasn't yeah, it? it was. Yeah, and <laughs> um, Brian suggested that under anti-terror legislation, because Brian is the scientific consultant to quite a number of crime authors, but particularly to M. W. Craven, they are good friends. Um, he. Said, look, if you put that in, you know, with that, with all the details included, you will be, you could go to, down for ten years yeah. for this under anti-terror legislation. Something similar happened with Breaking Bad, where they gave away in the original script the full methodology for creating crystal meth. Yes, um, so they had to change that too. So uh, Brian got cited by by Mw Craven for keeping him out of prison, yes. which is great, and, and you know, it just goes to show how important it is to do your research. But oh,
1: absolutely, because. To go innocently to prison for 10 years is quite a big deal.
0: Yeah. Well, we've still got to get Mike on the programme, and that will happen uh, sometime in the future. Yeah, we'd love to. Absolutely. And, and uh, we, we, we're sure to we'll do that. But two former guests of ours have also won awards in Harrogate, and that, of course, is Ellie Griffiths, who was highly commended and got herself a, a, an engraved barrel as well. <laughs> uh, and... What goes in the barrel? I don't know. I don't know if it actually has any beer in it. I'd be very disappointed if it didn't. <laughs> uh, but they are handmade by the one person who makes barrels still at the company. Oh, okay. So that's that's why they are oh. sort of regarded as special. And uh, the other person was the honorary uh, winner of the Lifetime Achievement Award, which was Anne Cleves.
1: Oh, lovely Anne Cleves. Yeah, I did keep seeing her out, out and about. Oh yeah, the festival, absolutely. Yeah, sort of yeah, wandering through the beer tent, and
0: yeah, she's a regular at the festivals. Of course, yeah. we spoke to last year's crowd and Ellie
1: test. actually. I did see Ellie a couple of times. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And Abir and Vasim and all sorts of guests that we've already had, Mick Heron and people like that. So uh, yeah, it was um, it was a busy event, and we'll bring you more of sort of flavour of it through the interview, really. Yeah, because we, re- it's, it's we been recorded Absolutely. Right. What other stories have we got uh, today?
1: Um. Well, it was just something that caught my eye, which um, is uh, sort of contradicting the assumption that cozy crime is the place to um, be writing at the moment. And a lot of the celebrities have gone into cozy crime, as we know. So Judge R- Judge Judge Rinder, what's his name? Judge
0: Yeah, Robert Rinder. Robert
1: Rinder. So he was actually at Harrogate as well. Um, Richard Coles. Um, um, trying to you know, Richard Osman obviously they've all gone into this sort of let's go cozy, but there's an article in the bookseller which is saying that actually slightly more successful than cozy in the first half of 2023 was police procedural.
0: Wow, well, it comes, it comes around in the way, but I mean, I think the fact is that um, cozy was last year's thing, really. Um, Richard Osman start sparked a, a craze, but you know, the, the fact is that publishers were changing, you know, the covers to reflect his and you know, there's always a limit, isn't there? But I mean I think it's all marginal. I think they're both doing very well. Which yes, is terrific. And you know, we have quite a number of police procedurals on our stable. Um not so much on the cozy, but that's something we're looking at. Uh and the other story, uh, before we get to our interview, uh, is that Vertebrate Publishing, which is oh. run by John Barton, who we interviewed at London Book Fair we did, last yes. year. Um have just acquired quite a number of titles from Sandstone Press who've gone into village, uh, voluntary liquidation. They're a Scottish indie uh, press. And in fact, they have a connection with aforementioned Nicola Sturgeon. who used to publish the Her Speeches. Yeah. Um, but, but you were quite shocked by this I, because I was... they're, they're a long-established company. Aren't
1: yeah, they? they're, they're fairly well-established. They've also won, uh, or they've been uh, sort of in shortlist at least. I can't remember exactly the details, but, you know, for the Nibby publisher prizes, and they always seem to be um, given as an example of a successful indie publisher. Um, So I I was quite shocked, and I've read some of the crime books they've published as well. So, yeah, it was a shock, a genuine shock to see in the news that they're they're in that situation, and it made me very sad.
0: Yes. So uh, vertebrates who tend to specialise in outdoor pursuits related books mountaineering that yes, sort of thing, he thing does, yeah. is their thing uh, they're taking 230 titles
1: that's quite an undertaking
0: yeah including ones that haven't actually been published that were yeah, set for release this ones. autumn so that's uh that's very interesting and um yeah uh, But yeah, Sandstone were definitely one of the success stories of Scottish publishing. And And
1: they were actually at London Book Fair. I remember seeing their stand at London Book Fair this year. Well,
0: look, I mean, you know, anecdotally from Harrogate, uh, obviously some positive news around, but also quite a lot of people saying that, you know, their publishers are struggling. And last week we made it very clear, uh, you know, in our podcast, where our financial situation got, you know, in terms of reflecting on last year's trading, Was not great.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're we're not rolling in notes.
0: (laughs) No. So it is tough. It is tough. And, uh, you know, I'm glad that Virgil are in a position because there's nothing worse than, you know, books just disappearing by the wayside because of the market conditions. So if someone like, you know, John's a really good guy uh, and his company can take over and keep those things going.
1: Yeah. That's good news. It's good for the authors, isn't it? Because there's nothing worse than... Um, suddenly, finding the rug pulled from under you. No. Um, especially if you're well established. I mean, something like I say, Sandstone have been, um, you know, I would say one of the main independent Scottish publishers.
0: Yeah, and you, you know, you've been doing the listings for the Writers and Authors yeah. book for for a long time, uh, and you know, you you've, you will have included their entry for for also a very yes. long time. Yes. Wow. Okay. Uh, let's then turn to our. Big interview, which is with Liz Mystery. Now, we were due to speak to Liz anyway, but by happenstance, we had a chance to actually see her in person at Harrogate, and that just made all the sense. And I think you'll hear from this interview that ability to be able to sit with someone face to face just brings a certain magic to the conversation. It's
1: completely different, isn't it? And it was so lovely to meet her. I've been. I mean, I've exchanged a few emails with her to arrange a podcast, but she's one of those people I really knew I wanted to meet properly, you know.
0: Totally, totally. And she is, you know, a prolific author, really is. And she has two series that are out at the moment. So the original one was the D.I. Gus Maguire series set in Bradford. And uh, then there was the Detective Nikki Parrick series, which is published by HQ, also set in Bradford. And now she's going back home with her third series, as she'll tell us later. But uh, her writing and her love of Bradford comes through, uh, you know, in in her writing, I should say, and uh, that's an area that we talked about, and it's diversity and um, the inspiration that it gives her. Uh, you know, she's in a mixed race marriage as well, and talks about that. And uh, <laughs> uh, you know, we we put the challenging question about, you know, a lot of people out there say that if you you can't write about characters who don't come from the same background, and uh, and I think rightly she she you know. Poor well, she, scorn on the she hat had idea. a
1: very interesting answer, actually.
0: Yeah, totally. Totally. So let's talk to the wonderful Liz Mystery. We are delighted that this week, we had this booked months ago anyway. But it just so happens that we're all together. And it's lovely to speak to Liz Mystery.
2: Yay. Welcome to the show. Yay!
0: <laughs> it's great to get this together and to be here in person, which is such a pleasure. Yeah, because we no. don't
1: often get to do it in person, so we love it to yeah. do it like that,
2: face-to-face. It's nice to put names to faces as well. And there's so many famous people around here, so I'm a bit giddy. So. Oh, but I you're know. famous
0: too. I mean, uh, just, I just you know. Okay, right, so not quite, you know... T- the thing about it here is, it's the same faces. They become famous because they come to the Harrogate and they're on the panels every day, <laughs> aren't they? Sure. Sometimes two or three times.
2: Well, I have got a claim to fame. Mm. Go on, what? Well. You mentioned a beer sitting behind us there. <gasps> He's my cousin. Really? <gasps> that well, that's cool. <laughs> Well. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, we need to hear the story. His wife is... Um, my husband's second cousin or something, Uh, so So a beer, you know, a few years ago we were at Bradford Literature Festival and and he was on a panel and I was just in the audience and as I walked in he went that's my cousin (laughs) and everybody sort of turned around and they looked at me because obviously I'm white and looked at me like, Which one's a great cousin? <laughs> so it's quite nice. It's no, a nice I? one. Yeah, yeah I yeah.
0: like that. It's so great. I mean, to be, you know, in, into royalty here. I mean, I Abbey know, a, Abbey I know. Is, is, is a superstar. It, yeah. But uh, no, lovely to speak to you. And, uh, and you. We, we both wanted both, to speak yeah. to you for ages.
1: Yeah, you, you're one of those names that I kept thinking we've got to get Liz on the podcast. We've got to get Liz on the podcast.
2: <laughs> oh, I'm so excited to be here. <laughs>
0: well, now, you, you, by being on the podcast, you do reach that new. Oh, Zenith. yeah.
2: That, that will be me. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And, oh, from I might be Prime Minister tomorrow then. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> this will be known as the mystery room from ever, forevermore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's, let's talk about Harrogate then. Um, how's your Harrogate so far?
2: Oh, it's been fantastic. It's just been, you know, you meet people that you've not seen in real life, which is brilliant. You meet readers that you've interacted with on social media, but you've never met them, but they come over and speak to you, and that's absolutely brilliant. Then you meet people that you've known for years but you haven't seen for a while, so that's great. Then you've got panels that you can go to, so that's great. Everything's just great. It's fantastic. And last night, I had um, author drinks with HQ Stories, so that was really Mm. nice as well. And It's just nice being with people. It's your tribe, isn't it? It's like people that get that you want to talk about crime books and they want to talk about them and we're all writing them and we're all reading them and it's just, we're, we're all together. It's really unifying, mm. uplifting. Yeah. yeah you
1: all have that in common, don't you? Yeah. So you know you're never going to run out of conversation because exactly. you've always got something. Do you get the har- post-Harrogate blues, though, when you go home?
2: Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I, I'm, I suffer, I mental health issues, mm. you see, so I will go home tomorrow and then probably Monday and Tuesday I'll just be, like, dead to the world. Yeah. Because it just really takes it out of I me. Mean, it's like you have this adrenaline high to keep you going. And this, I mean, I've been coming here for years, because I only live in Bradford, so it's like, you know, half an hour to quarters quarter of an hour away. And it, so it's local for me. And I, I, it's, it's, oh, I feel safe here. I don't get nervous coming. But I still, you still hold it together. I know that sounds a bit weird, doesn't no, it? No, not but, at all. Uh, you, you know, you hold it together to, to enjoy yourself. And then... When you relax a little bit when you go home, it's like oh, yeah,
1: exhausting. But well, yeah,
2: it's the, it's the blues, and you but then you've got all the photos. Everybody's always posting photos and taking selfies, and so you've got all that to troll through and see. You that's know, true. And yeah. then you think, I didn't see you. I didn't meet you. Why did? How did I manage to not bump into yeah, but you? So I think, you know, the thing
1: about Harrogate, I think it's you get FOMO, don't you? When yeah. if you see somebody's. A photo with some with someone famous you saying, They were there Yeah, how did I exactly. miss that? Or I've always yeah. wanted to meet them or Yeah.
2: And then I don't know how you feel about going over to people that are are famous and, and saying, Oh, you know, sort of trying to sort of like ask for a selfie or something and I get really nervous about it. And then other times I'm I'm sort of just right I'm going up there and I'm just gonna do it. And it, it's so it's it's this whole sort of um you just you just Living it it's, it's just so lovely. It's really lovely here. Yeah, love no, it.
0: that's great to hear. Because I mean, we talk about mental health issues all the time on the podcast. Because I suffer from from ADD and anxiety, depression, all those things. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not uncommon in, within our. Uh, I
2: think creative, creative stentive, community. You know,
0: that's right. And we we both feel like, you know we're both introverts. So coming to Harrogate's actually, you know, we we talk about having a social. Um, battery, social battery. battery. battery yeah. Social battery that yeah, runs out exactly. at different levels. Yeah. You and need to
1: recharge yeah. it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and so that, you know, we, we understand that. But uh, it, 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 I think that this is our third, so we're getting more and more confident. We know the lie of the land. Uh, when I first came, when we first came, oh, I was just it, like, it
2: was,
0: oh, there's was... so and so, and there's so and so people you'd seen on the back covers of, of all the books that you'd read yeah. and stuff like but that. But you
2: don't actually know them, so you mm. of, you're a bit I, reluctant yeah. to go over and speak to them, aren't you? I found it quite interesting what you were saying about you're, you're quite introverts, because I think I am. But but when I'm in a comfortable situation, like now, I wouldn't have I, you know I wouldn't have said you were introverted either of no. you, and you probably would say the same about me. And and but that's because we're comfortable. But it's that? you're introverted when you're not comfortable and you can't, you know, push through it to, to you know, interact with people. Yeah, and I'm I think people misunderstand that Yeah, that's lot. Yes,
1: And also, you're sort of performing in a way, aren't you? <clears throat> exactly. The introverts are very good at performing. Yeah. Whereas extroverts, extroverts are naturally very gregarious. Whereas yeah. I think for us, it's, it is a little bit like a performance. And like you saying, the adrenaline as well, yeah. that's what is firing you. And I think that's why when the adrenaline stops, you have that total that, dip. Yeah. I mean, the first time we came on the Saturday night, we were all geared up to go and watch the um, what are they called funky crime. Oh, the crime.
0: Fun-loving day. crime yeah. writers.
1: Yeah. But <laughs> instead, we we lay in our room watching darts, because and we were both like on our backs, not talking to each other, watching the TV.
2: It's just, sometimes you just need that space. Yes. You just need it. Yeah. I was going to go to the fun loving crime writers, uh, crime, yeah, last night. And then I had, you know, because I've got a weekend pass. And then I got talking. And it got to half past ten, and I thought, oh, shit, i not... Sorry. <laughs> that's right. It's fine, it's fine oh, di- we've heard oh, words. Dear.
0: <laughs> I've said worse.
1: Hey,
2: <laughs> darn it, I've missed it. Oh, dearie me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so,
2: <laughs> Bloody Scotland, I'll, I'll see them again at Bloody Scotland, I think. Yeah. Are goodness. you going to Bloody Scotland?
1: We, 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 may. we may. Yeah, it depends on where... The boi- I've got three boys, it depends where, where they are yeah. <laughs> that weekend, but...
0: No, it's, it's a great event, and, and as indeed this is, this is the, the, the blind born of crime writing, isn't mm, it, really? I think um, so, yeah. Tell us about your, your career then, I mean, when did you start deciding you, you, about writing, but specifically the crime writing?
2: Well, it was always going to be dark, it was always going to be crime because that's what I read, I've always read crime fiction, so and I've always dabbled with it for years and years and years, oldest child's twenty nine now and well before he was born I was I was writing and, and going to creative writing workshops and all sorts of things and and then um the first Harrogate I came to was must have been about fifteen, maybe seventeen years ago, something like that. Uh, actually it was twenty eleven or twenty ten, so work that one out yourself. I'm not very good at this. Um and I did the drag. I did the Creative Thursday, yes. and then I, I did the Dragon's Pen at the end. So, do you know? Do you know about the Dragon's Pen? Well, if you if you do Creative Thursday, there's a sort of it's like a pitch. You can pitch at the end of it. So many people get pulled the names pulled out out of a hat, and they get to pitch to a couple of agents and a couple of um, publishers. Yeah. So um, I pitched, and a couple of people said, "Oh yeah, great. Yeah, we'll take you. We want a couple of." Um, chapters from you so that was really good and I thought I'll go down the whole agent route Um, and it never came to anything and then I had a really bad um, clinical depressive episode that lasted Mm. for quite a few years and and so I put it on a back burner and then I decided as I was trying to get myself better part of my rehabilitation was taking up writing again Um, And I decided I was going to do an MA in Creative Writing at Leeds Trinity University. And so I wasn't sure I I got accepted in the course, and then I wasn't sure I could actually start because of my mental health. But then I did, and I pushed through it. And by the end of that year, I had finished the manuscript, and I submitted to Bloodtown Books um, because I, I couldn't get an agent again. You know, it's this... Um, difficulty getting an agent submitted to Bloodhound. They took me on, so I'm, I'm forever in the debt for giving me that chance. It set me on the path, yeah. if you like, you know, which is really, really good. Um, and I wrote five books for them, and then I wanted to write another series, a different series. And I thought, well, I'm going to see if I can just you know, go up, up market yeah, yeah, yeah. a little bit. That sounds horrible, doesn't it? But no, you know really? what I mean?
0: <laughs> well, there are different levels in the industry, let's yeah, be honest. And also That's it's it.
1: personal ambition, and also you're challenging yourself a little bit exactly, as well. Exactly, so.
2: yeah. So I submitted to... HQ Stories took unagented, unsolicited manuscripts, yes. so I submitted to them and a couple of other places, and they took me on. And it was like, oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> and I still didn't have an agent, but... Last week, or a couple of weeks ago, I got myself an agent. Ooh, yeah. now, oh, wow. I'm now represented by Lorella Bailey. Oh, OK. And oh, it, yeah, she yeah. is absolutely lovely. She's lovely. Um, because I'm writing yet another series, and um, I thought at this point I maybe need to, you know, on the back of what I've already done, yes, maybe I can exactly. get myself an agent. So and sort of- yeah, so Lorella's, <coughs> I've got an offer. Somebody's offered me um, a contract for this new series. So, we're negotiating contracts and things. That's exciting. A bit Mm. exciting, yeah. So there might be an
1: announcement soon. You never know.
2: Maybe. Hopefully, (laughs) everything takes so long, though. Oh, in publishing, it it does. It's it's like you don't realise how how long it can take years. Yeah. Yeah. Especially
1: Um, because it's summer, and a lot of publishers work summer hours. I don't know if you know about this, but I I work
0: summer hours all the time.
1: I, saw, I think it was on um, Twitter. Somebody had said um, that they'd had an email out of office saying, we are, we are in the office, but we're on summer hours.
2: Oh, right. <laughs> well, I think with mine, it's more that there's all these festivals, so there's like, times divided with that. And then people are on holidays, so they're just mm. shorter staffed, you know, yes. f- over the period. So it's fine. I'm, you know, by the end of the year, I'll, I'll, I'll be <laughs> making an announcement, well, we'll I think. I I that. Hope, well,
0: yeah. it's, it's terrific to, to embark on a third series. Um, yeah, so no, no, no. tell us about the can you, can you can you tell us anything about the, I I
2: the think I probably can. the pretext and yeah. the, the, the background to it? Well, I thought, I can't do another series in Bradford, because that would just be okay, a bit silly. Well, Three that's... different police procedural right. <laughs> series <laughs> in Bradford. you got two already. Sea, yes. So, yeah. And then, of course, there's Amit Dand, who's also got police yes. procedurals in Bradford. So I thought, you know... I'll, I'll.
1: Bradford's a bit busy. Yeah, it's getting a bit busy.
2: <laughs> um, so I thought, I'm going to go home. So oh. I set it up in West Lothian, where I was, I was yeah. born in West Lothian. Um, oh, uh, in. I was born in a small village called West Calder, which is near Livingston. Yes, it's in between Edinburgh and Glasgow, so I've gone back there, and it's been, it's just been fantastic. Because I thought, right, it took me ages to decide on the setting, you know, whether it would be Bradford or or somewhere else in the north, or whether it would be up in Scotland, and I'm so glad I did it because when I started to write, it was like. It's like this warm and fuzzy feeling because the characters are talking to me in Scottish. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? When I'm writing my Bradford characters... Comfort writing. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, which goes along with the comfort eating. But, but yeah, it was brilliant because, you know, when I'm writing the Bradford ones, I'm thinking in Yorkshire, Mm. you know. So it was really, really nice to sort of, you know, like... Just engulf myself in Scottishness again, and yeah, and plus it's an excuse to go up more often because I've only the only relatives I've got up there now is my sister and my cousin, so it's uh, it's an excuse to go up up there a bit more often.
1: It's a great,
0: great setting. So, overlooking the Firth of Forth, is it? Or no,
2: it's it's sort of um, well, West Lothian, it's it's Oh, I'm not very good it. it's near Edinburgh, so, it's yes. like, so the, there's a train station runs through my village, and right. my village isn't as small as it used to be. Obviously, right. it's quite big, it's so it's a bit rural. Mm. So it's not it's not the city anymore. It's like because you've got Edinburgh and you've okay. got Glasgow, so I'm able to draw a bit on Edinburgh and Glasgow, mm. um, but yeah, I'm sort of in a rural area, so I can do all sorts of different things. So Livingston is the it was one of these new towns that were created. Yeah. Um, um, so, the police station's actually set in Livingston, which it actually is in real life anyway, the main one. So, that's where my character is. But she lives in a, a small village outside West Calder called Bell Square, and it's tiny, mm. and it's still tiny. And my best friend at school used to live in that village. So, it's, it's, do you know what I mean? It's all these little things. And then the sidekick, you know, you've always got the sidekick. Oh, yeah. She lives in the village where I grew up. Oh, I so, it's, you know, it's like, oh, it's just nice, you know. And then one of the settings um, is a place called Fault House, which is, again, quite a small village. Um And when I went to high school, people sorry, from Fault House and Breek and all the villages around all went to the same high school, West Calder High School. And so one of my friends lived there when we were growing up, so it's nice. You know, it's just like, oh, Oh, it's just lovely. (laughs) Mm. But it's very dark and gritty. So I've said, oh, it's lovely, it's lovely. It's it's not cosy crime. It's it's, it's, it's still serial killers and murders (laughs) and darkness and evil. (laughs) Well, I'm intrigued.
0: I mean, in terms of, if if you don't mind me drawing on the mental health side of things Mm. again, has it been beneficial to revisit in terms of the location and also your memories of these places? Does it, does Mm. it, has it, has it shone any light on on those struggles perhaps? Because I think when I think back mm. on myself, I'm always referring back to things that happened to me in my youth in Cambridge. They're, they're, they're the things that yeah. perhaps set up later events for me.
2: Yeah, I think, I think so. I mean, I think I've always had mental health issues and it's only, it was only... You know, and and I struggled through it. I remember when my kids were little, would go on holidays, and I'd spend the whole time wishing I was back home and in the mm. comfort of my, you know, and, and really struggling. <laughs> but I, I did it because you do it. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Because when you've got kids, you just do. But it But also, I
1: think you think and it's just you, don't you? Yes, you, you, you think you think it's a personality
2: yeah, thing. You th- like, yeah, and you feel weak, you, and you you blame yourself, and there's all that.
0: And it's very hard to articulate as well because you've you, got you've got to put it's a performance. It. You've got to put on. A good holiday, yeah. f- you know. And, and
2: exactly, and, but it's so wearing. Mm. So when I eventually. So when I had my kids, I, I was, I'm i a teacher. Um, mm. Well, I was a teacher, not anymore. When I had my third kid, I thought I'm going back part time because I can't cope with the full time thing. You know, it was re- I was crying going into work. You know, you know you hear about kids crying going into school. It was the teacher crying going into school. <laughs> it's a I tough just, job, though. Is it? I just could, it was primary as well. It was, I loved the job, but it it's just and I just couldn't. So I went part time, and then then I no, I think I, then I went. Another, I went down to two days. I went down to three days, and I went down to two days. I still couldn't go. And when I remember going to the doctor and explaining, and she said, "Well, you've got depression," and um, she prescribed me something. She said, "I think you need to have some time off." And I said, "If I have time off, I won't go back." So I kept going, um, and it was ages after with a psychiatrist. And it was, uh, you know, and then when I eventually, did take the time off, I just, I just lost it. I was just completely. You know, just just lost it. It was like I'd, I'd let go, yeah. and I, I, you know, um, and then I, I, I you know, I, I retired and I got better a bit and was doing okay. And then I had a really massive slump again, and that lasted quite a long time. But going back to, it, I think my mum might have had, I think she had mental health issues, and of course, then there was a they, you know, they wouldn't have been diagnosed. I don't know if it would have been a postnatal thing or whatever, but she was a difficult. She could be quite difficult. Um, and I think a lot of that was a mental health thing. You know, looking back in mm, it now, mm. you know, um, because when you're a kid, you don't realise that. No. But I remember being depressed when I was, you know, like all summer I'd just want to be in my room reading books and I wouldn't want, you know, and and uh, I had a gap year between school and going to university. Um, I went to Stirling, actually, where <laughs> bloody Scotland anyway, um and and just... For the whole year, I was just it was like I was charging my battery ready to go to uni. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That whole not meeting you know that, anything. That it's making me not...
1: think of my eldest son, actually. I was just thinking. Because he's on his holiday from Leeds at the moment. He's at Leeds Uni, right, but he's, yeah. he's, he's, he just stays in his room all the time. Mm. He doesn't want to get a job. He doesn't want to do anything.
2: And I think Covid's been bad for kids, hasn't yes. it? It, it? You know, kids going to uni and my son's the same. He's at... Um, Bim in Manchester, and he's just back for the summer, and he's, he's just recuperating, if you like. Yeah, <laughs> I know.
0: Well, I mean, if we talk about social large. batteries, you know, mm-hmm. being at university is a massive thing, especially if you're introverted. Which well, he you know, is,
1: and I yeah. am. Well,
0: yeah. Yes, he is, and and yes, it, it's it's huge. It it's is. huge. So. Yeah, I think we may, maybe need to ease off a bit. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't say anything to him, but inwardly I'm thinking, oh, gosh, you know, get up, when you get got up. the oomph. Where's your oomph gone? <laughs> but, yeah. no, we take him out to play tennis, don't we? We're, we're quite sort of kind with him. He needs but... to see
0: daylight, yeah, so we, yeah. we force him out that way. Yeah. I took him to
1: Telford shopping centre the other day, and he did look a bit like... <laughs> Sheldon, yeah. Well, I,
0: you know, it, so does the rest of the world, let's be honest.
2: <laughs> um,
0: your passion for Bradford, so... Um, this is a, a love story, isn't it? Your, your passion for the
1: city. Oh, yeah. Well, you
2: fell in love with more than the city. Well, yes, yeah, there's, there's that back to yeah, yeah, I did. It's really funny. Well, it's, yeah. So I was talking to somebody last night, a guy called Mike Hollows, um, who he, he does historic crime, but he also does um, science fiction. He, he's got a new fantasy mm. science fiction type series out, or coming out soon. And we were talking, and, and I was talking about my husband because I think that's what you're referring to. I met my husband within the first week of being in Bradford. It's I, oh, he'll be so embarrassed if he ever hears this, but I, I, we were, I was, I came down to do the PGCE at yes. Bradford and Bradford Bradford and Ilkley Community College. It was called at the time Bradford College. He came down to do an art. He came up to do an art degree, and. Um, the way the halls of residence were, you, I could see from my window into his room and I looked across and I thought, oh, I like him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving him.
1: <laughs> I think we've all been there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so then, this is 35, well, 36 years ago now. It's 35, we've been married 35 years this year. So then it, I sort of got to know him a little bit because we shared a kitchen and whatever. And um, then one night I thought, right, I said. I said, oh, we're all going out for a meal. And it was an Indian restaurant called, would you believe it, The Moonlight. It was like, <laughs> it doesn't exist anymore. And it was a really tacky, horrible restaurant. But anyway, it was a cheap one. And I said, we're all we're all going out. Would you come? And I never invited anyone else. It was just me and him. Ah, oh, that's a good way to go. He didn't know that at the time. He knows now. Um, so, yeah, it went from there. And then obviously, because it's a mixed-race marriage and... Um, my family didn't approve, his family didn't approve, so we just went and got married at the registry office. We got married, I think we'd only known each other, I think we must have known each other a year when we got married. Wow. Um, and, and I was saying to Mike last night, it's just like, he's, he's my rock. It's like, he... If this, if I'm finding things difficult, like I went to Crime Fest this year... Yes, um, he comes down with me. Right. So, he it drops me off, takes me there, oh, <laughs> shoves really me through sweet. the door, <laughs> and then he's there. So he doesn't, he's so like, it's like a presence. Yeah, but not. Uh, he uh, goes round the museums and leaves me to do my thing. Mm-hmm. But if I phone him and say, "Oh God, I, I need to get out of here," yeah. he'll just come and get me. Mm. And you know, I've never had to do that. But it's just, it's really nice. Yeah. And he takes away because you the have that reassurance. Yeah, and it's like I don't have to think about how to get there because he'll just he just deals with all of that because. He knows I've waited so long to be fulfilling mm. my dream, if you mm. like. So he's just so supportive. He's just he's an amazing person. Yeah. Really, you know, it's, just, it's, yeah. See,
1: I would do that for you, except I'm here too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I need a third person then to come and rescue me from Rebecca.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, not at all. Um, so, Bra- I mean, Bradford, it, 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 yeah, you've you mentioned already... Um, other authors who've started to, to focus on Bradford as a, as a setting for crime mm. books. But um, it, it gets a bad rap from certain quarters. If, I th- it does, yeah. Yeah, why do you think... I mean, I because the civic buildings are some of the greatest in Britain, aren't they? Mm. Um, mm. But equally, if you drive around the outskirts of Bradford, you are seeing innocent po- poverty and, and deprivation mm. on a scale that you would associate with 80s liverpool for instance i think mm. i mean it, is that fair
2: yeah i think i think i think bradford from the whole you know, the Bradford riots things, I think people mm. just sort like, of drag that up again and again. I think the fact that we won the culture bid for um, City of Culture 2025, I'm hoping that's really going to bring a huge investment into it Bradford. It did for Hull, really, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. it could do. And I hope it's got legacy, you know, I hope it continues mm. after.
1: Well, Hull is a brilliant example, actually. It's,
2: it's lovely, Is Hull, you know, really lovely. Um, they've, you know, the city centre. They've really, you know, and I think Bradford's really, really working for that. But Bradford is, has got the highest percentage of young people in any city in the whole of Europe. So it's, you know, so so when we're looking at Bradford, we need to be thinking about the young people and how we're catering for them and how we're, you know, setting things up to make it yeah. a place that they want to be in. But it's absolutely fantastic tell you something you know i was talking about the dragon's pen earlier where you go and you pitch well when i pitched uh um, two people took me up and one other bloke said he was an agent from london and he said well not bradford i won't have bradford it's just not sexy (laughs) and i was really angry how can he say that this was like a long time ago well (sighs) you know so i got i got my dander up and i'm it's this in Bradford we've got we've got the film and photography museum we've got the Brontes we've got the Moors on our doorstep we've got so many museums we've got culture we've got curries we've got you know this whole list of things and he wasn't impressed (laughs) so then later on that evening I was coming out the toilets and he was he was leaning against a wall fiddling on his phone and I went over and I tapped him on the shoulder (laughs) and I said and we've got Gareth Gates. <laughs> <laughs> and he just sort of looked, He just sort of looked at me like, oh, God, what are you like? You I know? love that. You feel so passionate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I might have had a couple of drinks by that point. <laughs> 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 he still didn't want any chapters. <laughs> Oh, loss. I, I, loss, yeah.
1: Yeah,
0: I think that should be the name of the podcast. And we've got Gareth Gates. And we've got Gareth
1: Gates. Yeah, it has to with be. With yeah.
0: mystery. Uh, you, have, you have the most enviable waterstones in the country. Oh, we amazing. were talking about that earlier. We, we're going to have
1: to go there, you
2: know. Oh, yeah, and they've got a cafe upstairs that does all these... Um, Cakes made from beetroot and courgettes, and you know, I don't know what they taste like, but they look gorgeous. You know what I mean? They're all bright colors, and oh, yeah.
1: Well, I like beetroot, so I'd like to try Mm. a beetroot cake.
2: I mean, I'm saying beetroot, I'm using that as an example. (laughs) But there's also another really nice cafe that does loads of cakes, and it's called the Cake Hole, and it's in City Park, so you know where the fountains are, Town Hall, and that. It's just right there in the corner, well, at one end. Um, and they do all these fancy cakes as well, all those kind. But they do right. Oreo cakes and
1: We're going on chocolate orange. To and, yeah, you
2: could just do a tour of the cake places, yeah. I, I'm all, you could I'm do murder sites. <laughs> for, between me and Amit, I think we've got Bradford covered with murder sites all over. Yeah. You can't, can't go two feet without like a kicking tour. a body, yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm always intrigued because people write about places they love mm. and then... Commit the most appalling crimes know, within yeah. the pages of their books. Do you ever feel a sort of slight hint of guilt that you're <laughs> painting in a dark light?
2: It's sort of funny because, like, I I think I'm sort of showing the warmth of the people, you know, and I That's think I'm crazy. sort of showing that Bradford's like, a really good place to be. But then, you know, I write crime and I write dark crime, and as does Amit Dan, you know, you know. So, yeah, I mean, I don't if I'm doing something particularly awful. I, and I may have a place in mind. I won't name that place because, after all, people live there, and I'm not, you know. But if it's just a generic park place like Lister Park or somewhere like that, then that's fine because it doesn't belong to him. It's not his home, um, you know. And people like that. The feedback I get is that people really like it. They like reading about the cobbled streets. They like reading about landmarks that they know. They and, do, You yeah, know, even people that have do. lived in Bradford for a short time and then moved away or... You know, the, the, the feedback I'm getting is that they like that. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a really weird thing, isn't it? Because it is. It's dark, dark stuff that I do. Mm-hmm.
0: But Let's talk about dark stuff. Because, I mean, <laughs> how dark do you go? And And... Do you challenge yourself, you know, does something in you say, you know, I've done dark, let's go darker? <laughs> I think.
2: Yeah. I, I, the thing is, I don't, you know, when you're writing, it's like it's, it's like the characters take you there. So sometimes you, you just, they're telling you to go that dark, you know. And sometimes I'm writing things and I think, where did that come from? Why did I... Think that th- where did that thought appear from? You know, and I just have no idea, but it does, and it goes in because it's it's just I don't know. Have just, you ever
0: reached a threshold where your hmm. audience has said, "Hang on, that's too far"?
2: Usually, the editor will. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. Who,
0: who, who do you work with? Well,
2: it's it, I was working with a woman called Belinda Tour from um, HQ. Mm. She was my editor. It's now another editor um, called Odd. Who's not actually edited anything of mine yet because Belinda's got a promotion, so right, just okay, right. So I'm, a new I'm relationship, new, new, yeah. But she's lovely as odd, so okay. I'm, I'm, yeah, it'll be lovely. So they they they're quite good. Ask for a hard edit because if there's something that they're uncomfortable with, I don't want it to go in, you know. So I'm quite happy but with
1: editors are quite good at that, being the sort yeah, of the gatekeeper almost. Yeah, of exactly.
2: Content.
0: But do exactly. HQ do the sensitivity reading as well? Because I mean, you're you're writing as a white person, you know, mm. often you know, you've got an Asian protagonist in mm. one of your series. Mm. Um, and obviously, I mean, you're in a mixed race rap marriage, so that perhaps, mm. um, you know, tilts the balance in terms mm. of the perception. But there's a lot of people out there saying you shouldn't be right. you know, that there is this trope that white writers shouldn't be mm. writing, you know, vain uh, characters.
2: My PhD was about that. I did a creative mm. writing PhD and... Um, you t- to write a novel and then you to write a thesis around it, and mine was about representation and, clu- and inclusion, c- inclusion in the crime fiction yeah. genre within the genre because I don't think it is very representative. I think it's becoming more representative, yeah. um, and it's you know obviously moving in the right direction. And one of the things I, I sort of looked at is is appropriation of voice, and I think. When you're writing, you're a creative person, so you're creating people. I write about serial killers. I'm not a serial killer, yeah. And um, I write, I write male characters. I'm not a man. I, you know, I yeah. write kids. I'm not a kid anymore. Although, you know, um, you know, you write. You're always writing things that you are not. Otherwise, and you'd that's always part be writing
1: it. with a character who is you. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Mm. So, so you have, to, you know, so it goes with. It's part of the job. The only thing is that you have to research. Now, I mean, I'm so lucky because the character I've chosen, Nikki, and it, my new character, in fact, in um, Scotland, is is um, Indian. So I've chosen Indian because I'm quite familiar with the culture. I'm quite, you know, my daughter's of dual heritage, obviously, so I've so based Nikki a bit on her. And, you know, so it's... So I'm not appropriating anybody's voice. What I'm doing is I'm saying look, we need to have more representative mm. characters. And it's not just race. It's about, it's about characters who are disabled. Mm. Characters yes. who have agency within a novel who are disabled or gay or lesbian or, or, or from a marginalised, any marginalised community, travellers, whatever. We need to be giving them voices. We need to be populating our writing with a wider more diverse range of characters to represent reality yeah to, you know i mean I'm, i can't, can't possibly write in bradford write set my books in bradford and not include asian characters because the area i live in i live in inner city bradford i live just near outside banningham in my street probably i think i'm maybe there's three white people in my street and it's a long long street you know um so I couldn't possibly write about it. wouldn't it, make it? sense. Yeah, yeah, it just wouldn't to me. But it's research. You know, there's nothing worse than reading something and thinking. You know, somebody's saying, oh, you know, having a Muslim family and then they're doing a Hindu festival or something. You know what I mean? Just yeah. stupid Basic. mistakes like mm. that. You just say, oh, come on, get a grip. Do your research and don't be so daft. Um, so I think it is, it's about research and about, you know, Belinda, my previous editor, she is actually Asian, so she, she, you know, she, so right. she did probably do the sensitivity thing. There wasn't anything she picked up on with that, really. Occasionally, um, if I referred to something, like, if I used the word chai, or chat, mm. or something that mm. was an, an, an Asian word, or but chai, everybody knows what chai is yes, now anyway, yeah, yeah. so it wasn't, yeah. um, sometimes they would qu- be querying the spelling to mm. make sure that it, or sometimes, because um, my character was Gujarati from you know, her mm. ra- her mother tongue was would have been Gujarati, which is my husband's mother tongue. Right. Um, so I would put a word in, but Belinda, I think her mother tongue was Punjabi. So uh. so she she'd be just questioning the the spelling of it or this is it quite the same because there's just very subtle yeah, differences sure, sometimes sure, just sure. in the odd word that you might include. So yeah, so yeah, you, you know, I don't I think there's a place for sensitivity readers, um, but I think. You know, are you going to have a sensitivity reader to read for ethnicity, for you know, being disabled? Are you, you know, how do you do that, or is it just you know, somebody? I don't, you know what I mean? It's, yeah,
1: because how, how hmm. do you be a specialist in all those things yeah. as a sensitivity reader? Yeah.
0: Well, oh yeah, I mean that's that's one enormous mm. box text if you could do that as one person.
2: <laughs> mm. I'm
1: sorry,
0: um, sorry, a bit flippant, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah, <laughs>
2: no, yeah.
0: Um, now let's talk about your hybrid career because this is this is. You know, a lot of people are in, in this position where, you know, you 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 got the rights back from from um, uh, bloodhound. Bloodhound. Mm-hmm. Beg your pardon. I was thinking and <laughs> <bald, but no. laughs> All the bees. All the
2: bees. Uh, yeah. Yes.
0: Uh, bloodhound <clears throat> and 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 uh, and release them again yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now with HQ, and then potentially with someone else secret um, well
2: actually no i think it'll still be with hq yes i think okay. it's, it's going well, to be with good. it sorry I, sh- I don't even know if i'm supposed to be saying that yet so yeah it
0: okay. could possibly it, be, uh, it know, be with hq with somebody with uh, with initials and their title <laughs> um what what's your been ex- your experience of being both a published author in the traditional sense and being a hybrid what what's what's it like being independent for you
2: yeah um it's so much easier being published <laughs> <laughs> by, a, by a publisher, you know, because I, I'm not very efficient, as you may have gathered. So the, the whole sort of self self pub, publication business for me is like a chore. Um, so the books are out there; and I, they're just sort of, you know they're yeah. just doing their own thing, really. Yeah. Um, but I'm not quite finished with Gosh, you see. So right. I, I, so that's why I'm, I'm keeping them there, and I, I might do another one. I may not, but it will be self published again, and it's okay. I'm not proficient at it I need to, I need to every time I do it I have to reteach myself how to do it so it's so much more easy for me being with the publisher because they do all of that and and hQ are brilliant you know I've, I've had mm. no complaints it's just been a really easy enjoyable experience mm. with them so yeah um yeah so i I think there's some really, really, really well-established, self-published authors who are doing really, really well and they're very efficient and they're very methodical and yes. it's their business. Yes. For me, it's like, I'm sorry, I, like, I want to write the books yeah. and mm. the other stuff's a bit of a chore for me, to be honest. Yeah, it's not, not easy. But not no, well, you know that yourself. No, right. and now we
0: get to the hmm. bit which is really not easy, if you don't mind, because <laughs> it is now time for, I have to do a voice for this. Rebecca's random oh.
2: question. <laughs>
1: I'm going to give you a ticket to the seaside. Where are you going and why?
2: Oh, that one's easy. That's easy. I'm going to Whitby. <laughs> I'm going to Whitby. <laughs> I'm going to Whitby because oh, I've got this secret yearning to write a vampire. I was whis- yeah, I'm whispering here as if nobody's going to hear this, but some, some yeah, gothic yeah. vampire yeah, a vampire police procedural. Ooh. and so Whitby is my go-to place. We actually often go to Robin Hood's oh, Bay, I love and it's, Robin Robin it's Bay. absolutely fantastic there. Oh, it's um, great favorites. Christianships There, yeah, yeah. We've got friends who have a cottage, so we have their cottage. In fact, one of the Gus books I started, I just had to sort of slot it in, mm, so mm. I started them there in that cottage in Robin Hood's Bay. It's called the Smugglers. Um, so, yeah, so that's where I would go. Whitby is just, yeah, it's just it's just a lovely place. Robin Hood's Bay is fantastic. Yeah, and, yeah. and I
1: remember it because I went there as a child, so I think it was my first experience of that sort of, I'm going to use the word, Cornish-looking
2: yes, beach. Yes, exactly, yes. And,
1: and I'd read all the famous five books and all sort of smuggling yeah. stories and stuff, and we went to Robin Hood's Bay, and I thought... I want to live here
2: forever. <laughs> Did you do the walk round from yeah. Boggle Hall, round back to Robin Hood's Bay, where you can do part of it in the water, you can paddle through? Oh, I remember, And yes, it's just, remember, that, when yeah. you said Famous Five, I was like, oh, gosh, yeah, that bit there, yeah, I can just... Yeah, that would have been me writing, so, you know, that would be my kid island, I think, <laughs> <laughs> that little area there. But
1: where, would, where would your ticket take you?
0: Well, it's a difficult, I was thinking of various places, um, well, obviously Brighton, because I used to work there, and it's a great spot, but it's mm. not a great beach, let's be honest. But it's I a,
1: love it, though, I like pebbly beach. No,
0: I'm not so keen, mm. my favourite beach is Polzeth in Cornwall. Uh, and that's where I want my ashes scattered on the. Oh,
2: on the, don't be morbid. The, <laughs> sorry. S- sorry.
0: Said, the, said the person who's killed <laughs> hundreds of people in their books. Uh, it's so
1: dark. <laughs> <laughs> but up up there, a bit. but there, is
0: a, there is a spot where I want to get yeah, my ashes scattered. Uh, you know, next year sometime. Um, <laughs> uh, th- we well, could third, do it earlier than that. But well, what, what, like. what we've what we successfully managed to do is find an author who is also based in the other beach that I would go to, which oh. is Southwold. Um, so uh, we're off there in a couple of weeks' time to we spend are. some time no, with Lynn LaVersha. So that, that, that's probably the thing I should do is find an author in Poleseth. Uh Yeah, and, mm. and w- well, yeah, <laughs> they're not so hard to find one in Brighton. But um, yeah,
2: can I add another one though? Mm. Because yes. on. Nairn up in the north of oh, Scotland. Yes. When I was a kid, we went there every single year, and my mum and dad would occasionally try to convince us that we wanted to go somewhere else, and we never did. We always wanted to go in there. Probably and, reverse psychology, though, oh, isn't it? Making I'll you do yeah. it. <laughs> and there, were these, there used to be these huge, huge jellyfish on the beach. Mm. Um, and we went back we were kids, um, and there's no jellyfish on the beach, obviously, anymore, but I remember them being absolutely massive. Well, you yeah. were smaller. I yeah. yeah. was well, smaller, but, yeah. But oh, yeah, yeah. So, I, so I've actually included Nairn in the the book that's set in Scotland. I've oh, say, really. I have I had to say, although it's no oh, jellyfish it's... in that, though. No, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't yeah. It's got it? a really good bookshop. I used to every year. I would spend all my holiday money buying books from the bookshop, and I think it's the same bookshop that's still there. Oh, amazing!
0: Yeah. How First you, of all, love? it was
2: all the f- famous five, and then laterally it was the Agatha Christies. Mm. And the oh. Ah,
0: yeah, yeah. So many, so many of our guests have. have, have Pointed to Agatha being the sort of mm. gateway. How about you, love?
2: So, mine,
1: I know it's boring, but it is Borth in mid Wales for similar reasons. That's where I used to go on holiday. And they always had the enormous jellyfish and a bookshop. And I can remember, yeah. I, was about, I used to spend all my money on books as well. About six or seven, I bought a Topsy and Tim book in a bookshop. It wasn't Borth, I think it was Aberdovey. So excited, and then I opened it up, it was in Welsh. I
2: pulled oh, my eyes oh. out.
0: <laughs> Topsy yum <and> Tim.
1: <laughs> it's like
0: Popsy Ping, isn't it? It's Welsh for uh, for a microwave. Is
2: it? Yeah, Is it? yeah. yeah Popsy Ping. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ping? Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, you pop it in, it goes ping. <laughs> it's really. There you go. Well, that's uh, that's extraordinary. Well, look, Liz, it's been an absolute pleasure. If people want to find out more about you online, where,
2: where, where do they go? Where are you online? Mm. Online, I'm on Twitter. I can't give you my Twitter. I think it's at Liz Mystery Author mm. or Liz Mystery or, yeah, <laughs> I'm on Facebook. I'm on Insta. Although I'm not. Are very... you on Threads yet? Oh, you know, I I've joined it because everybody else has, but I've not done anything yet on it, and I'm not. <laughs> I've not had the time to sort of work out how to do it. And I've got a TikTok account, but again, I've not done very much on that no. because I don't know how to do it. Although, Abby Osborne, I don't know if you know Abby. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's been <laughs> yes. on the podcast. She, she, she taught me. She she did a Zoom call with me, and she sort of taught me various yes. little tricks for things I could do <laughs> on TikTok, and I've done a few of them, but I'm not very consistent, you see. So. No. Facebook and Twitter are the two. And you can my website, I've got a website as well. Okay,
0: yeah. we'll look that up. I'll put a link to this podcast but certainly it's been an absolute pleasure
2: great oh, to meet you in person it's been lovely to meet both of you, thank you so much for thanks for coming me. on <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thanks for rushing your breakfast to get here uh, it to... <laughs> wasn't that great, don't worry oh, right, okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> we're true. not going there again
0: <laughs> slightly bizarre setting really because we were in the press room at the Old Swan Hotel and um, as we pointed out at the beginning of that interview you had the, the two twin greats of Abir Mukherjee and uh, Mick Herron sitting yeah. on a sofa opposite. And the fact that uh, it turns out Lizzie's, you know, sort of uh, dotted line related to Abir, it was just... That was mind- quite funny, wasn't Mind-blowing, it? <laughs> absolutely mind-blowing. Um, one of the highlights for you, Harrogate, with that question was the opportunity to meet one of your heroines.
1: Yeah, so I don't have that many authors who I will rush out and buy their next book, but one of those is Lisa Jewell, Now I first read um, her first book, I read her first book 25 years ago and it wasn't a crime book at all, it was just a, um, as she described it, A Female Equivalent of High Fidelity by Nick Hornby Um, and I loved it so much. Ever since then I've read everything that she's Produced so the fact she was at Harrogate, I was a bit like, oh!
0: She was absolutely delightful. She
1: was, wasn't she? And yeah. we had a
0: wonderful photo of you two together. Yeah,
1: I really like that photo. So that was lovely. I, I'm not often a fan person, but mm. I was a bit of a fan. Of this.
0: We met uh, met up with two of our Hobeck authors. Anthony Dunford was there, and also Mark Whiteman had ventured down from Scotland. And uh, Mark, he's one of our he's our well one of our next key publish uh, publishing dates is the release of Chasing the Dragon, which is the follow-up to the very successful Waking the Tiger.
1: So that's coming out on the 12th September, and in fact we're hoping to send the files off for printing um, today if we can. And
0: I'm hitting the studio to record the latest in this series so that hopefully it can come out at the same time. Now, on the subject of audiobooks, we have uh, some good news and some potential further good news. (laughs) But uh, three of our titles have been picked up, Have they not?
1: Yes, they have. So by
0: the American company, scribed.
1: Yes. So Pact of Silence by Linda Huber is one of them. Um, The Confession by Maureen Meant, which um, the follow up is coming out next week, I think. Yes, next week. Um, So and the final one was Hunted by Anthony Dunford, which is fantastic.
0: Yep, and further interest perhaps for subsequent titles. Yeah, so we'll see.
1: We're in negotiation. Which is fantastic. So,
0: yes, we'll be talking about The Deception coming out next week then. Yes. Which is Maureen's latest title. And
1: we, we actually have a little competition we're going to run. So we'll give details about that. Fantastic. Next time.
0: Yeah. Uh, we bumped into also Karen Sullivan from Miranda Publishing. You may remember we talked about we were interviewed by uh, Philippa's uh, QuickBooks. Uh, uh, QuickBooks podcast. Podcast, yeah. And we were interviewed together with Karen of Miranda. Uh, it was great to finally meet her. And we had a wonderful conversation, you know. And uh, she's taking her first holiday in four years.
1: Yes, <laughs> it's quite funny because she said, "I'm not going to look at any emails. I've told them all just to wait <laughs> for, while I'm on holiday." Yeah, so sounds like she really, really mm. needs a holiday. And I know that feeling. Yeah,
0: <laughs> no, no, totally. Well, I, I, it was a funny. A week, week last week because I was so busy with setting my agenda. But my my timetable was ludicrous. Visit to Harrogate. I was at the very soggy. Open Championship at Royal Liverpool in Hoylake near Liverpool yesterday, and uh, got soaked to the skin um, watching the golf. And it never really amounted to anything of like a competition. So um, it was it, it was a sad, really, because it was a miserable experience for a lot, a lot of people because the rain just was relentless, and no matter how good your waterproofs were, they they just weren't able to stand up to the the impact of, of you know just being sat in a stand and getting rained on for hour upon hour upon hour. Um, but also, my son graduated last week, as I mentioned. Um, ben, congratulations to him. And uh, it was the funniest thing. He got his degree in sports management from Loughborough University, which is, regardless, of the world's place, best place to get a sports-related degree. And uh, presiding over it was the Chancellor, Lord Coe, Lord Sebastian Coe, who was my, one of my heroes growing up as an athlete. Fantastic. Gave a very good speech, but... Um, He won't thank me for saying this, but Ben was probably the least chuffed person to get his degree. just looked like he didn't want to be there. Actually, he said to me yesterday, he really didn't. He just got bored with the process by the time he got up on stage. So he looked looked really cheesed off as he got his degree. But anyway, congratulations to him. So, yeah, it's been a very busy week up and down the road. Um, But next week, uh, we've got the kids here. So it's summer holiday time. Yay! um and so uh, it'll be busy again and uh we we heard a phrase that i'd not heard before which is summer hours in publishing
1: oh that's me yeah so um i think somebody tweeted it that uh they they'd been getting all these replies is that they, you can set you out of office even if you're in the office mm. just to give people you know sometimes people set them saying i've just got back from holiday so bear with me it'll take me a long time to get through my inbox well this person was saying that they were getting a bit fed up of um, publisher replies saying, we're working to summer hours at the moment, so bear with us. <laughs> yeah. And I just thought, what a luxury to be able to say that. <laughs> yeah,
0: totally. Yeah, summer hours. And uh, well, uh, we're not in that position, but um, we will be observing normal hours, even though it's summer holidays <laughs> uh, this week. And we've got a, a, a very busy agenda, as usual, with a book release next week, of yes. course. So, uh, our guest next week is
1: Quinton Bates,
0: who is a, a bit of a star translator.
1: I believe so. Yes, yeah, so I'm I'm and really looking forward to this because we haven't had a well, uh, we have had people who translate, but we haven't had somebody quite of this caliber, I don't think, on our podcast in the translation world. So, I'm fascinated to know all about it. It's
0: a big the big area and... of the of the industry, let's be honest. Mm. Um yes, he's also the author of books like uh, Frozen Assets, uh, I'm just looking them up now.
1: It doesn't happen to your bank account, <laughs> <laughs> it is
0: at the moment. Uh, Cold Comfort, uh, and this is the Officer Gunnhilda series. So uh, I guess that's Noir. but yes, we, you know, exactly, we haven't yeah. done, a, done our research. But no. also uh, translates from Icelandic.
1: He does, yes. So be interesting to find out how he's got that bilingual connection.
0: Brilliant. Yes, well, looking forward to that. Yeah, that's going to be fascinating. So. The usual thing. Uh, don't forget to go to our website, www.hobeck.net, for details of our books, audiobooks, authors, uh, and all of that.
1: Oh, one last thing, actually. Mm, yes. So the next 10-short competition, short story competition, is opening on the 1st of August as well.
0: Well, wow, brilliant. So, right. That's relentless.
1: And we're going to be announcing the winners, well, the shortlist and the winners of... The June competition this week, so keep an eye out for that.
0: Oh, I look forward to finding out who who won it, having read most of the entries. I oh, so. see,
1: I know already.
0: But. Oh, gosh, <laughs> but right? I'll be pumping you for secret. information, that'll be great. Uh, so, take also a look at our uh, sister website, which is archpub.net, which is our uh, publishing services arm. If you um, need assistance getting a book to print, uh, then we can help. Uh, that's something we can do. And uh, also, you can go to ahobartnarration.com and you'll find out more details about my narration work, which <laughs> I'm very relieved to have finished my Greek philosophy book uh, this week. It's a mammoth, mammoth task, but uh, almost finished. i just got to wait for what corrections need to be done. I
1: think you're going to love Chasing a Dragon after that.
0: Mm, go back to fiction. Yeah. Yes. Rather than pretending to be Socrates or Aristotle, it will be. Or <laughs> Xenophon. Be <laughs> or uh, Thrasymachus. Or any of those guys. Uh, which I have been for for a couple of weeks now. Uh, in fact, a couple, about nearly a month, I suppose, I've been doing that. Anyway, I, I digress. So it remains for me, Adrian Hobart. And for you,
1: Rebecca Collins,
0: to say thanks for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe to The Hobcast Book Show, wherever you get your podcasts from. And have a wonderful and...
1: Creative... Week.
0: Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Hobcast from Hobec Books with Adrian Hobart and Rebecca Collins. You can find the show notes at our website, www.hobeck.net. You can also use the exclusive Hobcast discount code for any of the products at our Hobeck online store. Just enter the code HOBCAST20 for a 20% discount. Don't forget to subscribe to the Hobcast and feel free to contact us with any feedback. Until next time, remember our motto, Trad Values, Indie Spirit.